You're welcome. All right. Good evening. 840. Hope all of you are doing well. Um, I was going to give the share from the terminal, but then I realized I had to wear a mask, which wasn't happening. So we're just sitting in my car. Um, anyways, we are uh, going to be learning tonight Daf Ayin Dalit and Daf Ayin Hey Amar Aleph. I'm sorry. Ayin Dalit Amud Beis and Ayin Hey. And we'll get to the mission on the bottom of Daf Ayin Hey Amud Beis. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do, um, but some really uh, well-known, uh, well-known Gemaras and uh, some targeted ones that are specific to Korban Pesach. So let's get started. We're about two-thirds of the way down on Ayin Dalit Amud Aleph. And the mission had spoken about the idea that during the Korban Pesach that one would be allowed to cook the innards of the animal while still inside the animal. Now, the whole concern was whether or not that meat inside the animal would have properly roasted, yes or no. And because of that, there's a machlokas in our Mishnah. But within this shita, that's what the Gemara is presenting now. First, it says, Tanya, Rebbe Shmuel, Korehu Tochtoch. We've seen this before in Shas a few times, where this, it's onomatopoeia. That's what the bubbling sounds like when it boils inside the animal, but he considers it to be a proper cooking. It's still considered Sli'esh. And Tochtoch is just a bubbling sound. That's how he makes reference to the innards of the animal that are, uh, that are uh, inside the animal as it is being cooked. However, the contrasting sheet in our Mishnah says that it's problematic and that we should therefore take the innards of the animal and put it on the outside of the animal and that in our Gemara says, Rebbe Tarfon, Korehu Gedim Akulas. This is a phrase we've seen a couple of times in this Masechta, where the, um, the head is covered by the fats of the animal. Very good. So that's uh, these just two languages to reference. Now, what is the Gedim Akulas? We know that today we're not allowed to do this Korban Pesach. Sorry, uh, Seth, we can't do it exactly like this. What type of, of Gedim Akulas? Are we not allowed to do today on the night of Pesach? Says the Gemara, If it's all cooked as one entity, so that's going to be a problem. Says the Gemara, However, if one limb was removed, or nishlak mimenu ever, or nishlak is to boil or to cook, or if one of the limbs was cooked, so ein zegdimakulas, then you are not in violation of the gdimakulas on the night of on the night of Pesach. But says the Gemara, Once we said in the Brisa, that if you cut off one of the limbs, that it's uh, no longer a gedimakulas and is therefore alive. Even though they're all cooked together, but as long as they're cut, so then as long as it's not one whole entity, then it's not a gedimakulas and therefore not problematic. So then nishlak mi boya. Why then does the Mishnah add in, the Brisa add in, Oh, when is a gedimakulas not a gedimakulas when it's uh, when it's uh, all one whole entity or if it's cooked? So says the Gemara. Should have been obvious, but Amar Rav Sheish has came to teach us a very important halacha. The halacha came to teach us what uh, was she shalku b'mechubar. Let's say you cooked one of the limbs while still attached. So that says the Gemara is no longer considered to be uh, the gedimakulas, and you're you're good to go. Amar Rabba. Rabba says we're five six lines from the bottom. Rabba says, sharya. If you have an unsalted piece of meat that's roasted, that's permissible. In other words, we don't need to do malicha salting, which is typically done by the types of cooking that we do, by the types of meat that we eat. That's typically the case. However, if you have a piece of raw meat that has its blood in it, um, as long as you do roasting, that's fine. Why would you say that? When the heat, uh, when the roasting heat is put onto the meat, it makes the meat absorb the blood. So says the Gemara, very important halacha uh, in regards to kasher, in regards to koshering things. Kibola, like it absorbs or literally swallows. Kachpolta, so too it um, it expunges from that thing. That's basically our leniency for doing hagala is this principle that we have something that may not be kosher, but we allow 
uh, we allow for the Hagala process to, to expunge whatever, whatever bleos, whatever absorptions that are in there that are problematic. So says the Gemara, let's see if we can prove this idea of Kibolo Kach Polto. Says the Gemara as follows. Maybe we should say that this idea can be supported in the following uh, source. No seines kirav, that's our Mishnah. That one is allowed to put the innards back inside the Korban Pesach when cooking it, no problem at all. My time, why do we say that that's okay according to the Tanakhama of our Mishnah? Because that any blood that would be absorbed in the, in the meat would also be expunged by the heat. It's whatever heat source you use in the first place, it's all good. We should assume it's all mutter, says the Gemara. No, you can't learn Kabolo Kach Polto from our Mishnah. You cannot learn the rule that just like something absorbs, it also expunges from our Mishnah because I'm our shiny Hassam, since the base hashrita, the animal was just shechted, so it has a fresh cut right by the right by the neck. And as we turn to the top of the page, made of dive, um, made of dive means that the blood is uh, is drawing out, and because the blood is dripping out, so therefore it is not considered to be problematic, um, and we cannot learn from there anything about the halachos of, um, of Kibolo Kach Poto. So says the Gemara, let's try again. Top line, I am Dalaram Maybe we should say that we could learn uh, Kibolo Kach Poto from the following. If a person wants to eat a lev, they want to eat the heart of an animal. So halev, if you want to eat the, a blood-rich part of the body, koro umotsu ezdama. One, one should cut it open. Uh, in, it's called shesivar. If you cut it in two directions, it's you know, x-axis and y-axis, and you cut in a way where you can, where you can uh, squeeze out all the blood, and then it's fine. Now, the brisa here continues, lo kira'o, if you forgot to cook it, if you forgot to cut it before you roasted it, so the halacha is, you can do it after, even if it's after, after it's cooked already, no problem. So why is that allowed? Maybe we should assume kibolo kach polto, lav mishum derminon kibolo kach polto. Maybe we should assume that it's because of this principle that the blood that's in there, I'm not worried about, because the heat that might have caused the meat to absorb blood was also the heat that would expunge the uh, the blood. So it says the Gemara, you can't learn from there either. Shiny lave the shia, the muscle is very smooth. Shia in Aramaic means smooth. So because it's very smooth, you can't really learn anything from there. Says the Gemara, well, let's try to see if we can learn this from somewhere else. Says the Gemara, Viharavin. Uh, he prepared a breaded duck, a breaded duck for, uh, for Rav, and he roasted it. And Rav responded, If it's got a good flavor, give me some. Now, uh, how could that be? It must be that he holds kibolo kachpolta because it was roasted, yet it's covered in it's covered in something, so that should uh, that should really uh, work out just fine. It should be kibolo kachbolto, says the Gemara. No proof from there. Hahi bismida demafir. Maybe in that case, it was dealing with a breading that what was a very poor quality of flour, and therefore demafir, the crumbs would fall off, and therefore you can't learn kibolo kachbolto because maybe the blood exited through a cut, and therefore you it, it wasn't just it just wasn't going to be seen in the flour. Oh, so then says the Gemara. But wait a minute, there was another case that was very similar. Rava went to the Beirish Galusa and he made for him a bar abza, the same thing. It's a breaded, a breaded duck. Omar, Iloda Chazise, the Zig Kizuza Chivra. If I don't see that that flower is as white as can be, then I'm not going to eat it. Loach because it means that there's blood there. However, if you hold that we assume that that which is the heat that makes the meat absorb, it also causes the blood to expunge. So my area kizig, then we don't care if it's totally clean. Any red that's left over is not considered to be dumb. 
We see this all the time when we buy meat. There's a red mohel, as it's referred to. It's a red liquid. We're going to discuss this more in the Gemara today. There's a red liquid that shows. And because the red liquid shows, so is that dumb? Is that not dumb? We'll discuss that today briefly. But anyway, says the Gemara, who cares if it's not perfectly clean? Afilu kilozignami. It should be It should be totally fine because we hold kibolo kachpolto. Says the Gemara that that case of Rava with Reish Galusa was different. Hasam sharir. That was a different type of flower that was very, very hard. And because it was very hard, the blood would not be able to get out. And because that was the case, if we saw the blood, we should assume that it wouldn't have extracted normally with the rules of Kabbalo Kachpolto. So then the Gemara teaches us the halachos of how to how to deal with breaded duck that's roasted with all different kinds of flour. We're a quarter of the way down, about 12 lines down, nine dollars of a base. What's the halacha? The halacha is as follows. When we're talking about this inferior type of flour where it's crummy and, and it just falls off and it doesn't stay in place. So then, Bain asmik, asmik in Aramaic is red. Whether or not it's red, bain lo asmik, sharia, no problem at all. We apply the regular rules of, uh, of the blood dripping out during roasting, no problem. Good. What about the very white, fine flour, the one that's very hard, the one that we learned about in the second case, the case of Rav and the Reish Galusa? There, izig kizuza chivra sharia, only if the flour remains perfectly white, is it mutter to eat? And ilo, usher, if it has any redness to it, then because the flour is so hard, we, ha- we need to make the assumption that maybe the blood didn't have the opportunity to extract and therefore it's going to be problematic. What about everything that's in between? It's not the garbage flour that keeps falling off and it's not this very fine hard flour where all the blood gets trapped. But what about all the other kinds of flours? says the Gemara, asmik usher, if it's red, it's problematic. Lo asmik shari. Okay. And if it's, uh, if it's not red, then you are allowed to eat it. So this is all intersecting with the principles of Kibolo Kachpolto. Uh, we'll discuss this at length another time, but I have a short battery life here, so we're going to have to push forward. Hi, Muliasa, this raw type of meat that you're going to roast. Man de Asar, the one who says that, that uh, roasting it as is is going to be problematic. Man de Asar, afilu puma lesachas. That's even if its mouth is facing downward. It doesn't mean its mouth only. It means the, the makom hachtach, the makom hashchita is facing downward so that gravity will help the blood drip out more. He who says it's not allowed doesn't allow it even when the animal's neck down. However, Oman Shari, the one who does allow it, afilu puma de la'el. Afilu puma la'el, even if his mouth is facing upwards where it's much more difficult for the blood to drain, afal pikein, it's a big kula. That's a big kula. He allows for that to take place. What's the halacha in regards to neck up, neck down, with in regards to roasting? We say that one is allowed to roast an animal on a spit. Ladina, one can roast an animal on a spit and assume that the blood is out, even if the neck is facing upward, and it's not as easy for the blood to drain out. Uh, almost halfway down, a little bit more than a third of the way down, three-fifths of the way down, the Gemara says, Umtza. Be'e umizrike. These are three blood-rich parts of the body. Umza is a piece of meat that's blood-rich. Be'e are the beitzim of an animal, the testicles of an animal. Umizrike. These are veins that are saturated with blood. In all of these cases, the three of them argue about uh, these three cases. Now, just to just to step out to 30,000 feet for a moment about these two, says the Gemara, in all areas of halacha, in general, Ravacha was the machmer, Ravina was the maker, in general, we always followed Ravina, who was the more lenient one. However, these three cases of the umsa, be'e, and mizrake, these blood-rich parts of the body, here, we don't hold like them. Rather, we hold like the Rav Acha Lakula, who is normally the Machmir. Here he's a Mako. And Viravina Lechumra. And Ravina was of the opinion 
that we should be strict on these. And the halacha is actually like ravacha, lakula. So basically, in every machlokas, ravacha and ravina, we always hold lakula. It's only, and only three of those cases are ravacha. The rest of them are all ravina. So it says the Gemara, we're going to detail out all three of these areas, various forms of cooking. It says the Gemara as follows. Um, uh, says the Gemara halfway down. Hi, umtza de asmik. If you have blood that has that's, uh, if you have a little some raw meat with blood in it, you should cut it and you should salt it. And then that's regular. That's regular malicha, like regular chickens, not a problem at all. That's easy. Then says the Gemara, shafte bishipuda. If you put it on a skewer, you're gonna you're gonna put it on a spit. So then shari because made of daiv because the blood is gonna drip out even if you don't do any salting, no problem at all. Achte agumre. What if you put it on top of coals? We're gonna spend some time talking about some complex drushos about about uh, coals. So there says the Gemara, pligi baravacha veravina. Here is machlokas number one between ravacha and ravina, where ravacha is the mekel. What does he say? Chad osar vechad shari. One says it's problematic to uh, to take this meat and to put it on uh, coals, and one says that it's 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 totally fine. Mande osar, the one who says it's problematic, it's because he assumes matzmis tzamis. It assumes because the blood gets trapped inside there, inside this part of the body, and that's, that's why it's going to be problematic. And the one who says, Ravacha, who says that it's permissible is because uh, the blood is given the opportunity to be expunged from the body, and therefore it should be uh, lenient. And that is the halacha of Ilchas Mishav Shev. We assume that if you take the meat without salting it and put it directly on coals, we would then assume that it's going to be considered to be bl- blood free. The chain be'e. What about the case of the animals beitzim? Chatchinhu umalchinhu. One if one if one if they are edible, so then they can cut them and salt them, no problem. Then afilu lekdera sharyan. Then you can you know cook with them as you would regularly. Talinhu uh, bishipuda sharyan. If one would put them on a spit, also no no problem at all. Made of diet. We assume that any of any of the blood rich uh, part of that body would would drip out, no problem. Achtinhu agumre. What if one were to take these uh, beitzim and put them on top of coals? What would the halacha be? Here's machlokes number two. Yeah, uh, this is pligi baravacha veravina chad aser vechad shari. One says it's a problem. One says it's fine. Man de aser mitzmas tzamis. The one who says it's a problem is because the blood gets trapped inside the beitzim. Uman de shari. One who says it's allowed is mishav shari because they assume the blood exits because of the heat. And and here's the third case. Also blood-rich veins and arteries. No problem. If you want to just salt them and then you can cook with them. You can cook with them. No problem at all. That's totally fine. Talia... What if you wanted to cook them on a, on a spit? Uh, so in the Beisashrita, the place where the where the actual shrita took place, so the jugulars in the neck, which were massive, which are massive veins in cows and, and, and other animals. So as long as they're letatoi, they're facing downwards, that's shari, we assume the blood will be uh, falling out. What if you took these veins and arteries and you put them on top of coals? Machlokas number three, pligi ravacha viravina, chadasar vechad shari, same exact language. Here, what we're concerned about the machlokas is with coals. When it comes to coals, is coals the same as fire? Is coal not the same as fire? We're going to dig into this in a few minutes. This is their third machlokas. In all three of these cases, we pass in the kula like ravacha, that in all three of these cases, you can put them on coals, and we assume that the blood will draw out. Eight lines from the bottom. Says the Gemara, hi, umsa de asmik. There's a piece of meat that has redness to it. Chal asir. If there is some of that mohel, that reddish looking juice, um, and it's uh, and it's after the roasting process, we should assume it's asir. Lo asmik, if it's not red. Uh, so then, chal shari. 
if there's no redness in the meat, then whatever the mohel looks like, you're allowed to you're allowed to eat it, no problem. Ravina Amar, he was more strict. Ravina said, Even if it's not red, we assume, even if the meat is not red, we assume that the mohel, the juices that come out of the animal, which are red, are problematic because it's impossible to say that there's no streaks of blood inside there that uh, didn't get... Uh, it didn't get rid of in the roasting. Didn't uh, if you look under a microscope, it'll look like a it'll look like blood. It'll look like erythrocytes. It'll look like pieces of the blood. Nevertheless, in halacha, we don't paskin like this. We paskin that the the reddish juice at the bottom of a meat container, you're totally allowed to eat it. It's been salted already. It's not considered halachically to be done. And then the story goes lakula. The Gemara pivots entirely. Amar le mar bar amemar le ravashi abba. Megama leg mue. He would he would eat that that mohel that was red no problem. Ikadamri. Some say Ravashi himself. Ravashi gufi megama leg mue. He would eat it without any hesitations. Okay. Amar le mar bar amemar. Same person. The Ravashi. Abba. Um, what what he, what did he used to say when they were roasting? They would use like a liquid like vinegar. If there was a liquid that they would use to baste the animal for the cooking process, they'd only use it one time. Sulo. Uh, says the Gemara, sorry, you couldn't use it again for the basting, for the roasting process. What's the difference between strong vinegar that's used once, and now you can't use it the second time, versus naturally weak vinegar? Would, it should be the same exact thing. So says the Gemara, no. Last line turning to the top of Ayin Hamad Aleph. The first time using it is going to be strong enough. And then says the Gemara, Hacha Lesa Likiyuha de Pira Beine. So when it's, when it's uh, that's the way that it was made, it, that's the way God made it. So then the vinegar is strong enough to do its job. But the second time it's not strong enough, so we don't use it at all. Top of Ayin Hamad Aleph at the two dots. Ein Solon Pesach. So if you look back in the mission on the top of Ayin Dalad Hamad Aleph, there's a contradiction. The story at the end that said that Sadok, the Rab Sadok said that Rabban Gamliel told Tevi to go uh, roast it on the ach, ach, uh, on the Askela. The previous line of the Gemara said you're not allowed to do that of the Mishnah. So says the Gemara, three lines down, Ayin Hamad Aleph Maisalistor. That's that, that's ridiculous. The Mishnah just said you cannot put it on an Askela, which we said was a grill. Yet here we see it's fine. So says the Gemara. You are correct. You're right, there's something missing. And here is how we will fill in our Mishnah. If the grill has punctures, it has holes in it, like our grill grates, say most of them have, the things can drip through them. So then in those cases, says the Gemara, on the heels of that line, recognizing that there's a, there are different types of metal grates and the ones that's more porous, there we have, so that's why our Mishnah actually, Taka does work. And it's not a contradiction. It's not a Maisalistor. Everything is wonderful. We learned this sugi a little bit ago, but we're now going to apply it to the Korban Pesach. Pesach, seven lines down, Ayin Heim et Aleph. Ba'minei Rav Chinen Bar Idi, me Rav Ada Bar Abba. The following question was raised in the Amorayim. Tanur shehi siku beklipe orlam. We've learned before that there may be an Isser Hana by Orla. So let's say that a person heated an oven with the shells of Orla, the Gorfo, and then you took out the actual um, the actual Isser Hana of Orla. Now it's all you have left is the heat. But in that heat, in the heat, you ended up baking a challah. So what's the din? According to the one who holds that when the klipe Orla are in place, that that bread would be problematic, 
how would that sheet hold now that Gorfo, now that we've removed the Klipe Orla and we just have the, the heat that remains? It says the Gemara, Omar Lei, uh, Rav Ada Barava answers Rav Chinuna Bar Idi, and he says, Apas Muteris. There's no problem at all. Namely, the heat is separate now from the orla because the orla is not there. So the remaining heat doesn't have a natural iser hana to it only when the klipe orla are in place. Says the Gemara, wait one second. In the name of Rav Yochanan, we learn the following. Let's say that you had an oven and there was a iser orla there and you made the korban pesach in there. So says the Gemara, this is not considered to be tzliesh in such a in such an oven. Because the Torah says in two places tzliesh, and then the Gemara makes its diuk and asks its question. Taima, the reason why we say ein zet tzliesh is because the gali rachmana, the Torah told us tzliesh tzliesh dei peamin. Halo gali rachmana, but had the Torah not gone out of its way, hava amina tzlieshu, then I would have assumed that that it is a fire. But if in fact it is a fire, then the past should not be muteres. In the baking case, it should be asura. So it says the Gemara, that doesn't make sense. Omar Lehi says, hold on one second. Maybe maybe we could learn from Sliesh. You are saying the fact that the Torah says Sliesh twice is a reason to assume a uniqueness about, about uh, Korban Pesach. Rational. But says the Gemara, maybe that's not true. One third of the way down, we just learned from there. We learned what the rules are from there because that's considered to be uh, good. So then, it, why? Because that's not considered to be sliesh. So then, it's uh, then we're just learning that rule from across the board. So it's not considered to be sliesh. So then, that's not considered ash, which means that the bread is still muteras. Answer number two: No, this is a more lamdish answer. The reason why we said that it's not considered to be tzliesh is because we need actual fire. And then says the Gemara, Had it not said it twice, had it only said it once, then maybe we're just concerned about fire itself. And even if you removed it, I would have had a havamina that it would have been considered tzliesh. Maybe we would have assumed that there uh, needs to be wood, and there isn't any. So says the Gemara, that, that's answer number two to our uh, seeming contradiction. Let's get into this sugi a little bit more deeply, halfway down. Let's say that a person took part of the animal and they put it down onto coals. Rebbe Omer, Rebbe says, in his own inimitable way. It's rare that anyone writes like this in uh, in the Gemara. Omer ani That if you were to put it on coals, that the korban that would be considered to be tzliesh, that's considered to be an appropriate roasting of the korban pesach. So Rami lei rab bar ami We know that it's tzliesh, but are we to say that that's correct? That Rebbe holds that coals are an equivalent to fire. Can you make the Korban Pesach over coals or do you need an actual flame? Or a minhu. We know from the world of Negaim, michvas eish, that's what the Pasuk says, that if a person gets a nega out of a burn, so it says the Gemara, ein liyela shenichva be'esh. I only know, I only know that one is going to considered a nega, nega if it is from fire itself. Well, what if it was michvah What if he got burned with coals? Keyword. Remit, uh, with ashes, besieged with lime, roseach, 
big these tiles or bricks that were very, very hot, or anything that was heated by fire, or even hot water. How do I know that all of that would still be considered halachically a nega? We have the word mechva twice, and therefore it's inclusive of other things, and it adds in gacheles. So says the Gemara, Taima, the reason why we know that Gacheles is part of the camp of a fire for is part of the camp of a nega for somebody's mechvas age is because says the Gemara Taima to Rabbi Rachmana mechva mechva. But hello, Rabbi Rachmana mechva mechva. Without it being specifically in the area of tzaras, so then what would the halacha be? It seems from that case of Negaim that it's a zero, that it doesn't count at all, that a gachelis is not Asian. If that's the case, then why would Rebbe say, Omerani, that this is Tzli'esh? It shouldn't be Tzli'esh over coals because this Brisa says that the Tzli'esh, that the Aish factor of gachelis is only true by Negat Saras. Not true everywhere, and it's certainly not true by Korban Pesach. Answers the Gemara, Omar Lei, says the Gemara, or two-thirds of the way down, Ayin Hei Amar Everybody knows that uh, if you're talking about wood, wood coals, that's, uh, everyone agrees that that's considered What was the Pasuk talking about by the Negat Zoraz? That was by talking about metal. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? We do know that metal is considered fire. In the capital punishment, the, the Pasuk says, that uh, the Bas Kohen Shatechel is no sesavia in Chalalas Baishti Sarev. We know that if a, if a Bas Kohen is uh, being Mazana, whatever the details of his Nus would be, that Baishti uh, Sarev, she gets burned with fire. So says the Gemara, Bahagabe Bas Kohen, two uh, thirds of the way down, it says by a Bas Kohen, the Chsi Baishti Sarev. What does Aish mean in that Pasuk? Sila, Shal Eber Hayobsila. They would take liquid lead and they would, she would be killed. Nebach, she would be killed with that by. To pour it down her throat. We're going to discuss that in some detail here. It says the Gemara, what do we see from here? The Pasuk says, it's referring to a, it's referring to lead. So therefore we see that Aish is, is metal. But you just tried to tell me that the Pasuk had to include Gacheles for the sake of the Negat Saras. Why? It should be Pasha from the Pasuk that that she's killed with, uh, she's killed with Aver, with the liquid lead. So I don't understand why you would think that metal is not automatically aged. Says the Gemara, no, shiny, awesome. But it's because of a specific drosha by the Baskoin. But it's not in general, and therefore we need the droshos in both places, both by the case of Negat Saras, and in this case of the Baskoin to teach us that it's in fact the case. Says the Gemara, why doesn't, when we say that that she should be burned, but when a person gets Sarefa, why do we assume that the death is with this liquid? Why don't we just say, She could be surrounded by branches. A person is going to be chayv sreifa. It's a terrible death. Uh, they're all terrible deaths. But in this, in this case, why, why can't she be burned at the stake, as it were, to use our parlance? Says the Gemara, because that's not the way the sreifa is done. Sreifa is always done internally. Why? Asya sreifa sreifa mipnei aharon. We have a Xerashava from here to Bnei Aaron. Malaholan Srefas Neshama Vibukayam. There, when his sons were killed, their their bodies were still physically there, their Neshamas were removed. Here, too, Afkan Srefas Neshama Vibukayam. It's internal, it's not literally, it is Neshama, but it means that the burning is done internally, but the externals of the body remain intact. So says the Gemara, I don't understand. Why don't we, uh, why doesn't she get killed with water where it doesn't burn her body? It's just so hot that she could die. Says the Gemara, Mishum the Rav Nachman, because Rav Nachman had a rule. The Torah says, Wow, what a powerful idea. That even under the worst of circumstances, when a person is deserving of a capital punishment, we still have an application 
that it should be the faster of the death of the deaths. It's like we say in Azyashar Tzalaluka Oferes, those who were less Russia, they they drowned more quickly. So she we don't there's still a din of Aftalarecha Kamocha. So says the Gemara that the way you're describing to kill her with the hot water, it's a very slow process. That's not right. That's not right. The Haftalarecha Kamocha, we have to make sure Burorla Burur it has to be a faster killing. Says the Gemara. If that's what Rav Nachman says, I could learn from Rav Nachman. We have to pick the fastest death. What do I need? What do I need? The that we learned five lines ago, from Why do I need both? It should just be whichever is the best death. Answers the Gemara, ten lines from the bottom. Amri, you have without the I might have thought the opposite. I might have not thought that. She would be killed inside out. I would never have thought that. The Imishum Rav Nachman. If I only had Rav Nachman's shita, then Nepush lechibule zmiros tuba. Just put a lot of wood. Just put a lot of wood around the stake and kill her that way. So then, kihechi uh, ditamos ba'agala kamash malan that she'll be killed quickly. Kamash malan that that's not right. So we need the balance of the two of them. That it has to be internal and it has to be as quickly as possible. Says the Gemara, I don't, then I don't understand why, why the Pasuk says Aish at all. Why do we have Aish in the Pasuk at all? Says the Gemara, the word Aish in the Pasuk doesn't mean fire literally because it's not fire literally. What it means is that the lead that she gets killed with can't be naturally hot. It has to be hot due to um, human intervention of heating up the lead. Just a technical din. Do you mean to say that whenever it says whenever it says in the pasuk that it has to include um, all of the all of the fires that come from uh, all of the heat that comes from fire burning have to come from fire? Says Gemara, that's not true. This is, uh, we say this in uh, morning korbanos. What does the pasuk say? That it has to be burned on wood that is made of fire. Betanya, it has to be fire. Below not with hot lime. Roseach. Below the gefasim roseach, and not with hot tiles. So says the Gemara. How are you comparing these two things? By the bas coin, first it says ish and then tisareif, and there we learn the rabbos called sreifos hapos machmas ish that that the lead that we use there has to be boiling hot by an external source. Hacha, but over here by the param hanisrafim hacha ksiva sarafos al etzima al etzima ba ish levasof ish. And at the ish is at the end of the pasuk, and not, it's not it's after the word batisareif. So it's, instead of it's ish tisareif, here we have the sreifa first, followed by the word ish. It's backwards in the memra, the ish in midyachrin alone, only by fire. So you can't even compare these two things because one's ish tisareif and one has sreifa first, and then ish says the gemara as well. Hasam nami, but that that doesn't work because by the para by the parim. By the parim hanisrafim, what does it say over there? We also have the word srefa after the word ish. How so? Turning to the top of Ayin Hayam Abayes, Yosef, as the pasuk writes, Al Shetach Hadeshen Yisareif. Later in the pasuk, it says that Al Shetach Hadeshen on the ashes, it has to be Yisareif. So it says the Gemara that that word Yisareif is not talking about what you think it's talking about. Amre, the Gemara says, top line Ayin Hayam Abayes, Hahu Yisareif Mi Bayle Lechetatanya. That word Yisareif is being used for something else. 
Yisareif, what does that word teach us? Afal pi she'ein sham deshen. Yisareif, even though the Pasuk says deshen, it doesn't mean to be ma'akev. It doesn't have to be that there are ashes there when, we're, when we take the parim and we're, and we're burning the parim, even if there are no ashes. Afal pi she'etis ha'or beruvo, even if it's going to be, that it's, uh, it's going to be mostly flame that's burning it and burning it and there are no ashes. So we have a, a whole second answer here to how we understand Rebbe. We answered Rebbe before by saying Michvas Eish and the whole drasha there, but here Ravina gives a similar drasha, just uh, it's, it's modified in its presentation. Ravina Amar Karuch Betani, we need to combine a couple of things together. Michvas Eish, what does that pasuk mean? She includes Gachelas here. Maybe it means to say that it has to be fire and Gachelas. That was not included in the initial drasha we saw yesterday. But what about Nechba Beremetz? What if the person who got the Nega Tzaras was burned with Remetz, with, uh, with coals, the seed, not with coals, but with like the ash from a, from a, from a fire pit, the seed Rosech, burning lime. How do we know that this person will still? Uh, be considered to have a negatzaras with any heat source like this. Talmud Omar Michba Michba Riba. So he uses the language differently, but says the Gemara that doesn't work because if you say that, then Rava Rami he asks the following question: Omar Rebbe Gechal Mikruesh. That's not what Rebbe said because of the following Marimakol. Uraminhi we have in a brisa. What does the word Gachale mean? Yachol Omemos. These are coals that are not uh, bright red; they're just regular coals that are hot. We need bright ones. We need the ones that are much stronger in color. If you need fire, maybe we, need, we actually need a technical flame. Yes or no? Let's see. No, that's what the word teaches us. Maybe we bring from the red hot ones, even though there may not be, a, even though there may not be a flame. Uh, but that's an inherent contradiction in that brisa. Amris, you said when you said in the beginning of the brisa that the word teaches me that it, maybe we should say that we're talking about the ones that are not so hot, that implies the ones that are red are considered to be fire. But then later in the brisa you said but then you excluded the flame itself. So you have a, an inherent contradiction in the brisa in regards to um, coals that are bright red, and not only that, but Amar Ravashi Hachaktani. This is what the brisa reads: Gachale Yachol Bein Omamos Bein Lochashos Tamadomar Eish. So we see there between the two, you have neither of them again. The Eish, if it is fire, Yachol Shal Heves. So if it's going to be uh, neither of them, then maybe it's just a pure flame. Says the Gemara Tamadomar Gachale. No, there are still some coals, but they're not Kaitsa. But how? How do you explain this brisa at all? It's, there's a lot of an internal contradictions in this brisa. Says the Gemara, maybe mina lo But however we understand this brisa, says the Gemara, mikol makom gechalim lo Everyone agrees that Eish and gechalim are not the same. That's for sure from the brisa that we know for sure. So that's a kasha the Rebbe. We don't understand his shita. So Amar Abaye, we're getting toward the uh, end of these drushos, and then we'll stop at the Mishnah. Amar Abaye, Abaye says Taritzachi. We need to answer this question as follows: How do we read the brisa to make it work for? Rebbe says the Gemara as follows: You might have thought that it would have been the coals that are hot but not red, um, and uh, and not the lochashos. That it is the ones that are lochashos. It's the bright wet, red ones. If there, if there has to be, if that's what it's considered to be, maybe you can choose. It either can be a flame or it can be coal. 
So what does it mean, Gachalena? How do we understand this new, what's Abai trying to say? He said the basic shot in the Brisa is that you are allowed to take coals, and Rebbe would, Rebbe would allow for the coals, and it's not a contradiction anymore. Omar Rava can't be Rava. Rava was a generation uh, earlier. He was, I guess it could be in theory, but it wasn't, because Abai and Rava were arguing about this. That's a correction here in the Hagos Vitzionim. So Omar Rava, did you just say that maybe you could bring a gachelas and maybe you could bring a flame? What is the metzias? How do you have a flame without some, some fuel? How do you have it without the cold? Says the Gemara, maybe if you want to say it's basically taking kerosene, it's you take you spread on a clean mishcha, oil, and you throw a match in. It's basically kerosene. Says Rabbi, that can't be. It can't be. That's not the way we could ever do tzli ish for a, for a korban pesach. Why not? Because I can exclude that by svara already. How so? If we wouldn't cook like that in front of a king, it's not. It's not. It's not mechubat. It's not the right way to cook. You need some type of fuel source. You can't just uh, you can't just uh, spray something flammable and cook over a flame without any source. It doesn't cook well. Elama Rava, therefore Rava pivots against Abaye and retranslates the Brisa for one last uh, version of the Brisa. And with this, we will stop. Says the Gemara as follows: Elama Rava, three fourths of the way down on Ayin Hamid Beis. Elama Rava Taritzachi. This is Pshat in the Brisa. How do we understand Rebbe Gachale? When it says you might have thought that it was the coals that were hot but not red, and not the coals that are red. Okay, but then maybe we should have thought should be half coal and even more flame by adding some types of liquids to make it a little bit of a bigger flame. But when you put it in, it's all considered coals. That doesn't work. It has to all be gechal, and that would be what's considered appropriate. And that, that solves the problem for Rebbe, that he would, would include gechalim. Last uh, line for the night. How do you spell the word omimos? When we talk about coals that are not so hot or not so red, is it uh, omimos with an aleph or omimos with an ayin? Answers the Gemara, Amar of Yitzchak, arazim lo amimuhu begana lokim, he quotes from a pasuk. That's what the pasuk reads, and we see arazim lo amimuhu, the ayin is how we were to spell amimuhu. So Mir Tashem, we will pick up on Shabbos at whatever time, an hour before Mincha from this Mishnah at the bottom of Ayin Ham and Beis. Sorry for the uh, choppy schedule this week of no shear last night and the uh, shear this way. I know it's not Lechatchila, uh, but Baruch Hashem, we got to learn a lot and a half together. And Mir Tashem will pick up on Shabbos. Have a beautiful night.